What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, August the 10th, 2023. It's episode 167 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. You can find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search for our Matt Bernier show. You'll get this show along with the 166 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, comments, good opinions, bad opinions, comment on my opinions, for better or for worse, or any of the topics that will be discussed here in this week's show. Um, and make sure the bell icon's lit up so you get notified when new content is uploaded to the In The Money Media channel, whether it's this show, whether it's the Players Pod, whether it's JK Plus One, uh, Horse Players Happy Hour, anything that gets uploaded over there, you'll get notified when new content has been uploaded to the channel. So stay tuned to all that sort of stuff. For this week's show, two items. But before we get into those two items, a word from our friends at the Breeders' Cup. We are thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. Saturday features the turf with two win-and-you're-in races for the FanDuel Mile. They include the four-star Dave from Saratoga and the, oh boy, Prix du Harris de Fresne, La Bouffard, Jacques Lemaire, Maroy from Deauville in France. Sorry to my French compatriots for butchering that. Also, don't miss the Beverly D from Colonial. A win and you're in for the Maker's Mark Philly and Mare Turf. Additionally, all entry fees for the winner will be covered and a $10,000 award to the nominator. Be sure to stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. The Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win, and you are in a number of big races coming up this weekend. You can see them, some of them anyway, on FanDuel TV. This week's show, two items. And I, just to be clear, I'm going to pull it up. Let's make sure I have the article correct from the Thoroughbred Daily News with the discussion of first racing. This article was first published Wednesday the 9th, so last night at 7.59 Eastern. I was on air at that time with Mike Joyce, so I didn't see this until well afterward. Uh, first, the, the, the headline, first racing, considering moving date of Preakness, Naira not on board with the move. Um, that's what the main topic for this week's show is going to be. And then on the back end, my latest Breeders' Cup classic top 10 rankings my, that I submitted at the beginning of the week. There's been a change with Cody's wish being defeated in the Whitney last weekend. White Abario runs a hole in the wind. So we'll dive into that because the horse that I voted for in the number one slot is the only, I'm the only vote for him for number one. So I'll give you the rationale and the reasoning behind that. But let's start with sort of the the big, the spicy meatball, the uh, the big enchilada, whatever other kind of food comp or sort of play on words you can use. First race and considering moving the date of the Preakness, Naira not on board. Now, I had mentioned leading into the Preakness and after the Preakness, just this year, but I've said it before. If you strip the history and the this, that, and the other out of the equation, okay, and you just look at the Preakness stakes and that weekend, from a business standpoint, if you are first racing and the Stronic group, you've got to do what's best for your bottom line. And the Preakness continues to just slowly be chipped away chipped away chipped away and it's it's become it's not 
sequentially the third leg of the Triple Crown, but it has very clearly become the third of the three in terms of importance. So if I'm involved with first racing, and I obviously am not, but from a business standpoint, if there's a chance that moving the race back two more weeks to have four weeks spaced between the two, between the Kentucky Derby and your event, then I think that's something that you have to consider. So the article by Bill Finley. First Racing and Gaming is ready to shake up the Triple Crown. The company, which operates Pimlico Racecourse, has confirmed to the TDN that it is giving strong consideration to moving the date of the Grade 1 Preakness Stakes so that it is run four weeks after the Grade 1 Kentucky Derby. Quote, We have discussed it internally and believe it's the, in the best interest of horses and horse safety to move the race four weeks after the Kentucky Derby, said Aiden Butler, Chief Executive Officer of First Racing and Gaming. Quote, this would give horses more time to recover between races to be able to run in the Preakness. Horse safety is more important than tradition. Naira is aware and considering how this would impact the Belmont, stay tuned, end quote. Now, a little farther on down the article, uh, a quote from Naira spokesperson Pat McKenna. Quote, Naira has concerns about fundamental changes to the structure of the Triple Crown. We have no plans to move the date of the Belmont stakes, end quote. All right, so let's just look at the two sides to, to this piece right here, okay? First, the Preakness possibly moving. I kind of saw, I, I have no problem with it. If, you, if you're purely on the history side of things, I, I do understand things are a little bit different, but also I feel like the folks that just automatically sit there and say, oh, you can't mess with tradition are just willfully ignoring that the Triple Crown has not always been like this. We have run it at different distances in the past. Times had been different years and years ago. So just because for this period of time, the, the past, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, 60 years, 70 years, it's been run in this kind of configuration. That doesn't mean it's always been like this. And you got to adapt with the times. And that's not even factoring in the business side of it. But with... There, there was no other set of races where you would take a top-level grade one runner and wheel them back in two weeks. They're just not. That, that's the reality of the game today. And it's probably not a bad thing either. These horses aren't run as frequently as they used to be. So why would you continue on with the setup of something that is not really, I don't even want to say catered to the modern day thoroughbred, but it's not, it's a dinosaur. From a Naira standpoint, if you're suggesting, okay, even let's say the Preakness moves two more weeks out, so it's four weeks away, obviously there would be a week turnaround to the Belmont. And if Belmont's not going to change their tune, well, then there's going to be decisions that need to be made from connections involved with derby runners and things like that, and it would all but guarantee, and let's just hypothetically say, the, the Preakness was moved, and the Belmont itself was not, and that's how it was for the next 50 years. It would all but guarantee there, there won't be another Triple Crown winner. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot there on the table, and I, I was just, I have not made any kind of comments on social nor will i this will be basically my piece on it unless it comes up on air which i doubt it will but the the number of folks going back and forth saying this would be 
this makes sense. This is stupid. Um, it's what's best for the horses. It would destroy the industry because this is the only thing that people, the common folks, get involved in. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the quality of the Preakness would improve. Would it become Derby 2.0? No, probably not. Because the Derby takes a lot out of these horses anyway, and, and more often than not, you know, you end up getting a handful that go to that spot. But for those that are talking about, you know, how there would need to be a, a call between do you run in the Preakness and do you run in the Belmont, and the Belmont's a more prestigious race, and this, that, and the other. Going back to the whole modern-day thoroughbred thing, a mile and three-sixteenths, even today, is a bit longer than what most of our horses run here in, in the United States, but it's not uh, completely crazy. Then I'm not even factoring in the Derby at a mile and a quarter, but you're only a 16th more than these mile and an eighth races, and that's primarily what our route races are these years. The Belmont Stakes, it's my favorite race of the year. It's a dinosaur. We don't run races at a mile and a half if they're not on grass, and even those here in the States, few and far between. So I, the, the notion that it's, it has to be a history play to me is... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not appreciating that kind of thing enough, but I I don't believe that the, the the triple crown right now as is it's it's not that's not the thing that is keeping horse racing going. It's not. If you're worried about it being a mainstream, you know, sport that runs with baseball and football, it's we're not going to get there. This is a niche sport. Embrace it for what it is. We don't all have to be the National Football League, right? Got a good thing. You've got good gambling products all across the country. You can pick and choose. It's the beauty of this game. What pools you want to get involved in, what tracks you want to get involved in, this, that, and the other. The Preakness moving two weeks later would not change that. If anything, you're probably going to get some better fields. Okay? And because the the, the most casual fan is not locked in because the the triple crown what happens when there's not a triple crown on the line in normal years does it really completely destroy the handle that you get from the belmont stakes card no it doesn't would it go up a little bit sure but that's not going to be the thing at the at the end of the year that you look back on and say the, the year financially was a success or a failure it's just I, and and maybe I'm I'm speaking out of my ass, and I don't know what the books look like for some of these places, but I just I don't believe this is the end all be all. I do believe the Belmont would end up moving if they chose to run the Preakness two weeks later. I do believe the Belmont would move. I think it's the only way to keep that kind of thing going on, and that's the other thing you got to factor in. If you're Naira, let's say a horse runs in the Preakness and wins and they had already won the Derby, do you really want your marquee event, one of your marquee events, to now not carry the sort of, you know, juice, the juice that it normally would because the Triple Crown's not going to be on the line because you wanted to stay in your spot? Don't you think that would do more harm than good? 
if you just moved to the beginning of July, and now you've got a triple crown on the line, and if you're worried about the handle, you're going to get it then. You don't really need to completely retool your, your program. You're still racing at Belmont Park at the beginning of July. And I saw someone suggest it, and I don't even think it's crazy. Again, going back to history, you know, the most recent thing that we think of, and, and granted, this this iteration of the Triple Crown has been like this for, for quite some time. I don't want to completely dismiss that. But who's to say that the Belmont doesn't get run at Saratoga? I mean, and guess who would love that? Naira. It would be great. So, again... I'm, I'm not speaking with any knowledge of what parties want to do. I'm just reading the article and giving you my opinion. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. If the Preakness moves, I think it's probably a good thing from a business standpoint. If I were if I were the folks at first and I was in the, you know, at the top of the food chain, to me, this is the only move that you could really make. The race continues to kind of get chipped away at. At least this way, we can open it up. And the other thing to keep in mind, when you... When you extend it another couple weeks, two weeks may not sound like much, but I think you do then at least entice some other runners that weren't going to go or missed the derby or I, I just I think it opens up many more doors than it does keep them closed. So I'd have no problem with that. I'm on board with it. I do think if push came to shove, the Belmont would move. That's just my opinion. I don't I don't have anything to confirm or deny that. But I, I think, and because it would not be such a, it's not as though you've got to reopen a venue that had been closed or this, that, and the other. Like Belmont Park is still operational a few weeks later. And you don't have to make it, you know, just because it's not three races in, in a span of six weeks, it doesn't mean that it it's not hard. And if, you, if you're in that camp saying that it's, you know, it's a it's asterisk kind of triple crown from then on, that's fine. That's your prerogative. I don't have the energy these days to, to fight about that sort of thing. So me personally, I don't have a problem if, and, and this is all if, first racing is, is discussing a move like this. If you move it back two weeks, that would put you, what, Memorial Day weekend, I believe, roughly, somewhere thereabouts, Belmont. If you don't want to run July 4th weekend, I mean, who's to say you don't run it at Saratoga? Again, the Belmont's not always been run at Belmont Park. Shocking, I know. And I know it's been for reasons, construction, this, that, and the other. But I just, I, I, I think a lot of people just get worked up about dumb shit. If they move it, are you, put it this way, if they make a change, will, for you personally, Leave it beneath the, the video player on YouTube. Say they say they change this and the Belmont doesn't move. Are you all of a sudden not going to bet on one or the other? Because I'll, I'm going to call your bluff right now. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You will bet on the Preakness. You will bet on the Belmont. You will. Because that's what we do. You wouldn't be proving anything by holding your dollar back at the end of the day. It wouldn't make a difference. So, I, it's, it's fascinating. I think it's probably overdue. Again, you got to adapt with the times. Baseball did it. We're the purists. 
you don't hear anybody complaining about that. These moves that they made. And the people that are complaining about it are just complaining just to complain. Simple as that. Let me know your thoughts. Again, it's all speculation, but this was an article Wednesday night. First racing, considering moving the day to the Preakness, Naira not on board with the move. We'll find out how things shake down. But I also, and again, speculating, if this article is coming out now, and it's the beginning of August, I don't know, probably be quick to turn it around for next year. But if they are thinking about it, I bet it happens sooner than later. Put it that way. Okay. Again, your thoughts, your comments beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. In terms of my Breeders' Cup Classic Top 10, the big story last weekend was the defeat of Cody's Wish up at Saratoga. Um, a, a bit of a, a bit of a non-effort from him. And the victory of White Abario. Now, I had mentioned last week, both on Horse Players Happy Hour and here on this show, that I had viewed Cody's Wish as being on an island by himself. And I didn't think the distance would be the thing that got him beat. And assuming he held serve, I think it's him and then everyone else. And the three-year-olds, if you've got a number of them, do you really have any of them? Now, my number two was Smile Happy last week. And then he couldn't run in the Whitney because he got a bruised hoof. I don't want to elevate him to number one. I, by the way, I've taken Cody's wish off the list. If he can't get a mile and eight, he can't get a mile and a quarter. Bill Mott's already said they're looking at the dirt mile. He's out. A really poor performance from him. White Abario, the winner, I have him on the list, but I only have him ninth. And maybe that'll bite me in the rear end as we get closer because it doesn't sound like he's going to run again before the Breeders' Cup Classic. Lengthy layoff, but Dutra wants to get him out west. Totally fair. I get that. I kind of like that idea. Have him set up shop where he's going to be running his biggest race of his career. But I had never really viewed him as that kind of horse. So if I didn't take Smile Happy and move him up into the one slot, I kept him number two. Cody's wish is gone, and I've got White Abario 9. Who did I vote number one? And it's going to almost completely fly in the face of what I mentioned last week. I've gone back and I've watched some more of those three-year-olds. And I don't know. I thought Archangelo won the Belmont rather comfortably. And he beat basically every other name on this list, with the exception of Mage and Go Rocket Ride. But he defeated Forte. He defeated Angel of Empire. He's defeated Tappet Trice. Defeated all the big names that were in that spot. The horses that waited for the Belmont specifically. And by the way, here's another kind of, just to bring it back to the conversation from earlier. If the Preakness is two weeks later this year, does Archangelo go in the Preakness or the Peter Pan? Does Jenna Antonucci wait one more week to run him in the Preakness? To grade one, part of the Triple Crown, X, Y, and Z. Or maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we should have kept him in the Peter Pan knowing that it's Belmont Park and it was a prep for the Belmont. But point being, you have all those horses that could then all of a sudden look at a different race. Just, again, fodder. I have Archangelo number one. 
And we'll find out in a couple weeks. He's going to run in the Travers. I don't think he's going to be the favorite. I don't even think he might be the second choice. Might not even be the third choice. Travers looks like it's going to be a war on paper. Javier Castellano keeps them out here. He is off mage. Luis Saez is on mage. I have mage number three. So basically, that was the only change. Cody's wish is out. White Abario up to nine. And I just had Archangelo leapfrog smile happy. Kept smile happy in two. Mage three. Go Rocket Ride four. Forte five. Arabian Knight six. Rattle and Roll seven. Angel of Empire eight. White Abario is nine. And the only new name on the list for me is a horse that I still believe in. I think there's quite a bit of ability and... He's going to really get the test in the Travers. We'll find out where he stacks up. I, I have Scotland on this list. Scotland's a horse I want to... I, I'm, maybe my heart is rooting a little bit more than my head with him because he does need to get faster, and he walked the dog in the curlin, and the fig didn't come back as fast as I would have liked. But he's a gelding, and as long as he stays sound, we could see him for another four years, five years after this. So I'm, I'm hopeful he is this good, and you just keep him sound and happy, and he keeps on running. Because that's the kind of horse that I want to just get behind and, and root for, because we may see him a little bit more than we see some of these other three-year-olds. So Archangelo, I have listed him number one, and when the rankings came out, they have the number of first-place votes next to the horse's name. Uh, he was the only, well, he was the horse that he had one vote. So I'm the only one that has him number one. Uh, we'll find out in a few weeks if that's stupid on my part, or maybe he's not getting enough credit. Let me know where you would stack some of these runners up for the Breeders' Cup Classic Top 10 rankings. Again, in order, I have Archangelo, Smile Happy, Mage, Go Rocket Ride, Forte, Arabian Night, Rattle and Roll, Angel of Empire, White Abario, and Scotland. That's going to do it for this week's show. Lean and Mean. Heavier topic at the beginning, not heavy, but I think a polarizing topic, let's put it that way. And then just your your standard top 10 ranking for this week. Let me know your thoughts about the potential move of the Preakness. Let me know your thoughts about the current status of the Breeders' Cup Classic top 10 and any other horses. Oh, and by the way, that's one other thing I wanted to touch on. Brought it up uh, beginning of the week on FanDuel TV. After Cody's Wish loses... And Fornatel brought it up last week when I had that hit with Horse Players Happy Hour. Cody's Wish loses. Three-year-olds, nobody's really grabbing, you know, the bull by the horns. Way to Barrio, with the exception of that Whitney, you know, that's the only race that he's got that's fast enough to win a race like the Classic. I think there's any chance that Aiden O'Brien is looking at the landscape of things over here and saying... Okay, yeah, we, we've won a, a win and you're in for the FanDuel mile. But maybe Paddington, maybe we give him a look. Maybe all of a sudden, if things continue to be this turbulent in the U.S., maybe all of a sudden we say, uh, why don't we try the classic with Paddington, the big three-year-old over there for the boys at Coolmore? Just something else to think about. Maybe it's a name that we're not even discussing who could all of a sudden be kind of the the hot item as we get closer and closer to the first weekend in November out at Santa Anita. Again, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. However you listen, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar map burning your show. You get this episode along with the 166 
prior. I am on FanDuel TV. Well, this is on Thursday, so you're already going to miss this. I'll be on Friday as well. Off this weekend, back again on Monday. Good luck if you're playing any of the graded stakes races across the country this weekend, including the, the win in your ins. Uh, Arlington Million at Colonial this weekend. You can catch all that action on FanDuel TV as well. So we are in the midst of the hot and heavy summer calendar of racing here in the United States. As always, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This is episode 167 of the Matt Bernie Show.